If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us on this very busy, uh, difficult time that we're all trying to to get through and deal with here uh, with coronavirus, with economic tensions and turmoils, shutdowns, stay in place, shelter in place orders, all that sort of stuff. We are here to help you through that. By the way, I decided, I decided yesterday um, that what we should do are two things. We, we're going to do two things here um, as Look, in it appears to me that a lot of folks are going to be, you know, your your work schedules have changed. Uh, some folks are not going to be able to go to work. Some folks are staying home uh, with with children that they didn't normally do that. The kids are off at at school, and this is at least something that's going to be. A reality for the next few weeks, especially for those in Indiana and elsewhere. For those of you who don't know, in Indiana yesterday, we had a shelter-in-place order of sorts, I guess, um, <laughs> that was issued. I'll talk about that a little bit later in the program, the announcement yesterday made by, by Governor Holcomb. But there are um, – it's, it's, it's clear that you know, folks are at home, the extracurricular activities are affected. And so people are, I think, consuming more media. And so what we're trying to do is what we've decided to do is for those, all you got to do, and I'm going to, this will be, we'll do this for any existing newsletter subscriber as well. But for, um, through the month for the next thirty days or so through the month of April, anyone who signs up for our email newsletter, which is free by the way, which is free three one uh, let's see uh three one nine nine six you text the name the word huff three one nine nine six just text that and you'll get a confirmation if you want to do it via text. All you got to do is respond back with your email you'll be added to that to that list and for folks who sign up for the email newsletter, you'll get um, a free subscription to Total Access through 
through April. Total access is hour two of this program, uh, so you can you can listen to that. Um, it's normally twenty five dollars for the year, but we've decided uh, to give this for the next month to cope with uh, just you know you have additional time. I'd like to offer this to you um, at no cost. All you, all you've got to do is sign up for the email newsletter, which is free. You can also go to our website. Now I got to check what this is. Make sure I give you the right domain if you don't want to text, which is fine. I get that. Some people don't want to do it. Todd Huff Show. ToddHuffShow.com slash, I think it's subscribe. Let me make sure here. Checking on the fly here. For some reason, it's slow. Oz is going to, yeah, there it is. You can sign up for the email, ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe as well. And then later today, I will send you I'm probably going to have to do this manually until I talk with uh, the marketing team about automating this. So, But if you sign up for the email newsletter, you'll have a chance to get a free month or through April 30th um, subscription to Total Access. So just because, again, I just – I look, I, I think it's, it's, it's important during this time, A, to, I don't know, kind of maybe pull together – help one another. I mean, I think we do that anyway, but this is a time that's difficult on a lot of folks and things are changing. And look, I'd like to, uh, we're already doing the, the show anyway, hour number two. And so if you can listen to that digitally at another time or whatever, if you want to listen live at the time, that's fine. I think we'll also, we'll also Facebook hour two of the show um, in the, for the near future as well, as we're just trying to get content to folks um, during this during this time of difficulty. So I wanted to say that off the top. So let's talk about the Senate. Let's talk about the Senate, the House, and this particular problem that we're having, getting a, um, a bill, a stimulus bill, if you will, out of out of Congress and onto the president's onto the president's desk. The Senate had been working closely uh, with with Mnuchin. The, um, the two sides have effectively, uh, they're really close to an agreement. But yesterday, yesterday, there were actually two instances, two instances where the House, excuse me, the Senate, I shouldn't say yesterday. There, there's been two instances where the Senate has said no to this to this legislation. So on top of that, so we've got the Senate, they've they've crafted this bill. We need to act quickly. You know how this stuff goes. I've got mixed thoughts about this, but there's no doubt that there is some action that needs to be taken by the government as far as it pertains to um, alleviating some of this stress and burden that has been placed on the economy. Because of coronavirus, in some cases because of panic, I think, that's been arguably arguably the result of some of the – well, I don't think it's arguable that it's some of the result of things that have been said. It's a question as to who has been saying them, right? The media, some people in, in politics. Um, of course, this is, this is a serious situation. We've got to weather this storm. We've got to be tough. We've got to deal with this and continue to do what we as Americans do, which is find a way 
uh, to make the make the best, make the most out of the circumstances given to us. Be resourceful. Be creative. Be uh, persistent on fighting our way through this, and this too shall, of course, pass. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing that should be that should be done, especially when some of these. Some of the burden that's been shifted to the economy, some of the economic burdens are the direct results of policies of the government. Now, I'll pause there, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be social distancing or uh, temporary shelter in places and that. So I don't want to – I'm not even saying that. I'm simply saying that even if that is a right decision, it does have other consequences that extend well into the economy. And so something needs to be done to alleviate – the burden of this because when a business is planning for its future, whether that's 30 days, 90 days, a year, five years, 10 years, whatever that whatever that timetable is, the business doesn't start assuming every month it can't have customers or it's, it's basically working in an economy that's effectively shut down. That is a major, major problem. For businesses to deal with, you can't say to a business, you can't go out and get customers this month, or we're going to create a series of circumstances. Again, I'm not saying that the circumstances are not warranted, defensible, what have you. I think the panic and the degree of which, the degree to which we are kind of, uh, it, we always have to assume the worst. When talking about numbers, right, we, we assume the highest infection rates possible. I've already shared that the state of Indiana, the state of Ohio said that they estimate that 1% of their population is already infected. Um, and that's just – that. those are the assumptions. And so there's a series of assumptions, and if you have a series of assumptions that assumes constantly the worst-case scenario – you're going to create a situation. And again, I'm not saying that the worst case scenario can't happen, but the problem is just that um, it it can sometimes lead to panic with some of these uh, apocalyptic predictions. But regardless, I'm not suggesting that these shelter in place orders, temporary, you know, everybody's social distance sort of thing is not defensible or even justifiable and the right thing to do. What I am saying is that that causes a series of other consequences, and that is uh, dealing – there's lots of consequences it causes, but one of the largest is the economic consequences. And so yesterday at the presser last night, Trump Trump came out and talked about that a little bit. He said – in fact, we, we talked about this briefly yesterday. He said in a tweet over the weekend that we can't make the cure worse than the actual initial problem, the disease. And so there's questions about what exactly he means, but it's clear that what he's saying is we can't destroy everything that we have built. We have to be wise about this. We have to take some initial steps, assess what's going on, and then respond instead of in a wide-scale manner. Maybe we're more targeted to specific areas or uh, certain folks who that we're learning are more vulnerable or whatever the case may be. Those things are yet to be determined, and I leave that, of course, to the hands of the professionals. But but the economic pressures here here are great. And so Congress is dealing, dealing with this legislation. The Senate and 
the White House were working on something. And, of course, the Senate rejected the first two measures, the first two measures presented. Um, but they didn't even just vote against it. They stopped it procedurally. Now, it's important to note two things. Number one, there are five Republican senators in quarantine. We know that Rand Paul has been diagnosed as being positive for coronavirus, number one. And then we have Senators Mike Lee and Mitt Romney. I got to see who the other two are. I don't have that in front of me. But there's two others that have quarantined themselves, that have moved themselves out of the Senate. And so the current makeup of the Senate, you lose those five votes because they're not on the floor of the Senate. So instead of 53-47, it's now 48-47. So they still have uh, a majority, but they don't have – they have a majority of of who's – remaining in the Senate, once you account for these folks that have self-quarantined, but they don't have uh, – they don't have enough, A, to get to the 60 votes to stop procedural issues, which uh, effectively – effectively what the left is doing here, what Schumer is doing is uh, filibustering or something equivalent this particular legislation, doing some technical things that allowed this legislation even to see the light of day, even to go to the floor for discussion and debate. That's been shut down. So that happened. that's happened twice with this legislation. And not only is that going on, we've got Chuck, or excuse me, Nancy Pelosi in the House drafting her own piece of legislation. So it's clear that the economy needs some direction and uh, so some leadership now, but we've got kind of like herding cats at the moment. We've got Nancy Pelosi out in La La Land doing God only knows what with her legislation. We've got the White House and the Senate working closely on this legislation um, that they say that they've got an agreement that they should vote on even yet this morning, and it appears it's going to be passing. But who knows what the House is going to do? This will go to the House and we we can see a new piece of legislation introduced altogether. We can see them take those ideas and try to insert them into the Senate's bill. We can see them um, maybe, who knows, if there's pressure possibly uh, to pass what the Senate's done. But this is – there's some, some reasons I think that they're doing this. But this is chaotic. This is really reprehensible what we're dealing with. This is not – look – Politics always drives, uh, you know, just some of these decisions in a very disproportionate way. But it's really inexcusable and reprehensible, in my estimation, to be to play these games at this particular point in time, um, as America is facing this this crisis. Um, there are people getting sick, people that are dying, businesses that are flailing, struggling, people who are losing their jobs or who may be soon losing their jobs, economic pressures mount all over the place, uncertainty abounds, and Democrats in the Senate and the House are playing what amounts to political games. So I'll talk about that when I get back, but I've got to take a time out here. You are listening to the home of conservative Not Bitter Talk. By the way, to get hour two, become a, a subscriber, a member of total access, all you got to do is sign up for our email newsletter. You'll get that free for the next 30 days <clears throat> through April 30th. How about that? Whatever that comes out to be, toddfshow.com slash subscribe if you want to do that. 
and or you can text 31996 and text the word huff h-u-f-f the word huff to 31996 just sign up with your email and we'll get you set up to be a uh, a subscriber to total access here so you can access hour two um, as you're having more time at home um, where you might be able to listen to more of the program and i'm happy to do that at no cost at this time gotta take a time out you're listening to the home of conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in here we go back in just a minute Still having, and I've—I know this. I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but on on Facebook, on Facebook, there's audio issues. I'm having audio issues for day two here in my my headphones as well. I thought we had this addressed. I'm not sure the source of this problem. Um, we've been looking into it, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> Once we go live, we're kind of stuck with what we've got. We can't really troubleshoot some of these issues on the fly so apologies for facebook feed i don't know if our connection to the camera is no longer good or there's an output somewhere that's not i'm having trouble in my earphones as well so i'm not sure what all is going on but we're going to continue to try to figure out the problem here and and fix that and my apologies from what i understand uh, it sounds totally normal and so forth on on radio um and on online, on TuneIn, and wherever else you're listening as well. So anyway, let's talk about this this um, deal that we're trying to get to, this stimulus bill in the, uh, well, going through Congress, supposedly going through Congress. I, I want to really pick, uh, quickly paint the picture of, of where we, of where we are, of how we've kind of gotten here. We've got a virus spreading, one that uh, we didn't know anything about as early as, well, as recently as the beginning of this year. That's right. That's when we started learning about this, even though it appears that the first case in Wuhan might have been back in, in November. The Chinese are not necessarily the most forthcoming group of people that you'll ever run across because of their because of their government, because of how they uh, choose to have a heavy, heavy hand, and um, the ideology there that basically is the antithesis, candidly, of what it means to be an American. The idea of the individual, the idea that uh, we are created in the image of God, and that those rights come from God are a foreign concept. I'm not saying that it doesn't make them still true to. Uh, a country that chooses or has forced upon it communistic ideology, the communi- uh, communistic ideology. But nonetheless, this is what you get from those sorts of regimes. Now, I'll say it's human nature for governments, for anyone, if something bad, something bad is coming out about you or your government or your business, it's one of the first things people always think is how do we prevent that from coming out? How do we get that? news to be spun. You see that in politics here. But when you have freedom of the press, the press can report on it in ways that they want to say it, 
not just the way that the government wants them to communicate. And so we didn't get information from Wuhan for a long time. And once we did, we're not sure that what we were getting was truly accurate, forthcoming, and so forth. So this disease spread, spread in China, and now, of course, it's spreading around the world. It's it's hit a few hot spots, uh, created a few hot spots, one being in Italy now, uh, one now in New York City. And so we're adjusting to this. We're trying to do some extreme measures, social distancing, and things to prevent or at least to slow the spread of this of this disease so as not to, as you now um, have heard said countless ways, to overwhelm our healthcare system or to make sure, put another way, that we flatten the curve. We don't want to see a, an intense spike in cases – uh, simultaneous cases because that will overwhelm our system's ability to handle handle treatment properly. So that is where we are. So as a result of this, you've seen a lot of panic and uncertainty in the stock market. I'm not sure if you read this or not, but the uh, the, the markets dropped over 30% and you know, over the past whatever it is, couple of weeks. And off of its off of its high. This is the quickest. I want to say this slowly or twice here. This is the quickest that we've ever seen the market drop thirty percent. This goes back even to the time of the Great Depression. So the quickest we've ever now it's close. I think it was twenty two days versus twenty three days back in the thirties, but nonetheless, the quickest we've ever seen a thirty percent decrease in our markets in American history. And so there's uncertainty with that. There are people who now suddenly, because of decisions of states, which I'm not criticizing, this is just the reality, we have schools that are closed, we have parents that have had to make adjustments to their lifestyles, parents, guardians, caregivers of children, um, there's not really such a thing, at least in most places that I'm aware of, of something like daycare now because of these uh, social distancing and trying to prevent the spread of this. So people have had to adjust their work schedules. People have um, – I mean there's been a lot of changes, right? I mean so we've got children. We've got the education issue. I've got uh, you know friends that – are now helping with with homeschooling. We, as I've shared on here many times, we homeschool. My wife homeschools our children, and um, so this this part's not been an adjustment for us. We've done this anyway, but now other people are having to do that and teach and you know manage uh, curriculum and lessons and all this sort of stuff. And doing that for a week or two is one thing. Doing that for a couple of months is something altogether different. Suddenly you've got to have a lesson plan instead or something, something in place to just instead of just, you know, going through the things that are prepared and it'll just it changes is the point. I mean the the amount of pressure is 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 increasing over time. And then what's the long term effects of of jobs that people haven't gone to for an extended period of time. So this is all what's happening, right? People are losing jobs in some cases. We've seen a a lot of uh, jobless claims. We've seen some dire predictions 
Some suggesting 20, even up to 30% unemployment if something doesn't something doesn't change here quickly and dramatically. So we've got all these things happening, all these things going on. Businesses are worried about their revenue because after all, if I can't go out and get customers or serve customers, how am I or have them come into my store or restaurant? You've seen some creative ways. You've seen delivery. You see carry out for restaurants. You see curbside pickup in certain restaurants. I saw, I've seen commercials for this where stores that you normally would go in and shop, you can text ahead or call or go online, whatever it is, and they'll deliver it to the curb for you. So you see the market adjusting, but this is still creating uh, a problem. And Congress is sitting here. Congress is sitting here. And when we get back, I want to talk about this piece of legislation that Nancy Pelosi and the radical leftists in the House of Representatives now. It's apparently the party is led by the socialists. Um, we're going to talk about that particular bill. And you can see it's it's the additional goodies make this thing a far cry from what the Senate bill is, at least from what we're being told at this particular point. And so they're playing politics here. In spite of all that, the picture that we just laid out, the picture that you've lived over the past uh, the past couple of weeks now, the life, the things that you've seen unraveling, things that have happened that for many people had never even entered their wildest dreams or imagination, now happening all around them. And Congress is trying to, for example, get $35 million for the Kennedy Center. I'll talk about that when I get back. Talk about that when we get back, but it's time to take a quick break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. What a time to be playing politics, Speaker Pelosi. Speaker Pelosi is um, has well, according to reports, we're, we're of course uh, not privy to seeing some of these things. We only see reports of this, but this is in an article of Fox News headline here: Pelosi's coronavirus stimulus includes return of Obama phones. Oh yes, the Obama phones and. Uh, other related, unrelated, excuse me, items, GOP says. I'm going to read a part of this article written by uh, George Zeree of, uh, of Fox News. Here's what it says. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi introduced her own emergency coronavirus stimulus uh, bill on Monday, leading furious Republicans to argue that much of the proposal contained a progressive wish list seemingly unrelated to the crisis including several provisions that amount to a resurrection of the notorious Obama phone program, GOP officials say. Now, so remember what we've got here. We've got the Senate and the the White House that have been working together, and the Senate has rejected, they wouldn't even hear on the Senate floor, arguments in favor of the bill. Instead, uh, looking to to some sort of technicality to prevent this from even being discussed. Think of think of the equivalent of, of filibuster. If you don't have if you don't have 60 votes, which the Republicans don't now, they didn't anyway. They had 53 prior to Republicans self-quarantining. Um, now they have now they have uh, 48. 
48. So they don't have the votes to overcome a filibuster, which is what this is, because 60 votes, 60 votes is what's necessary to end discussion and call uh, for debate and a final vote on a piece of legislation. So they don't have the 60 votes. So as that all as that as that shenanigan is going on, as that silliness is going on again, all these things happening in real time that I laid out last hour, things that you've experienced and lived, the crisis, the spread of the disease, the uncertainty, the economic turmoil, the financial turmoil on individual families and households, and they're playing this sort of game. So in addition to that, in addition to the Senate not um, even voting or having discussion, debate on the on the particular bill, Nancy Pelosi is creating her own. And so according to this article, I'm going to go back here and read this, the bill proposed by Pelosi additionally seeks to eliminate debt held by the U.S. Postal Service. I mean, obviously very important to coronavirus at this particular point. Requires same-day voter registration. Require same-day voter registration. Again, very, very critical to our response to coronavirus. Very, very critical in our uh, being able to properly navigate. <clears throat> excuse me. Being able to properly navigate um, all of these financial hurdles that have been placed in our way by the response or the fallout, the consequences of coronavirus. Um, pay off $10,000 in student debt per person. Obviously, something else that's very critical to coronavirus. Mandate emissions. Uh, excuse me. Mandate the airlines reduce their overall carbon emissions by 50% by 2050. Again, very, very critical. We have to act on that today, this hour, apparently, according to Pelosi. And force federal agencies to explain to Congress how they are increasing their usage of, quote, minority banks. The legislation also would provide for the automatic extension of non-immigrant visas and restrict colleges from providing information about citizenship status. Obviously, again, very important in dealing with coronavirus. It would also allocate $35 million to the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Obviously, very, very important And the average family's decision on how to put groceries on the table, how to keep their jobs, how to keep their businesses going, um, how to pay mortgages, uh, to pay bills, to pay utilities, to manage this crisis. Um, It's obviously very, 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 very important. Very, very important stuff. I want to play this soundbite really quick. Well, actually, I have to take a break. I'll play it when I get back. Play this when I get back. Senator Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate going after the New York Times and Democrats for their handling, their handling of this particular uh, situation. We've got something that really you know, Congress needs to act on. We can discuss uh, the details of what actions are best, which that's an important part of this. But clearly they need to act to alleviate these pressures on the economy and the business community. This cannot go on ad infinitum, which is something President Trump said last night at his presser that we'll uh, we'll talk about here as the program comes together as well. But I want to play this soundbite from Cruz when I get back, but I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative, not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
the way, I want to take a moment here. I did this <clears throat> did this uh, yesterday as well, but this is uh, this is the time when I'm gonna uh, ask you to consider supporting those businesses, advertisers of of our program. If you're look, I know some some or maybe a lot of what uh, you normally do consume uh, what you would normally spend or invest money in that may be on pause uh, to some degree, a large degree, maybe a small degree, depending upon your personal circumstances. But um, obviously not everything has, has come to a stop. It's just slower and uh, there's some some uncertainty. But if you're in the market for something that you hear provided by one of our advertisers, I ask that you at least give them consideration. Um, that's what makes this program ultimately possible or are our advertisers. And we make sure that we, you know, I get to know these folks and uh, I've, I've met personally with virtually everyone. That's not 100% accurate. And as we grow, it's going to get harder to do. But nonetheless, that is uh, what we, uh, we, 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 we want to bring people, advertisers, businesses to this program that we think might uh, might be providing a product or service that would be a fit for what you need, what you're looking for. So keep that in mind as we go through this this challenging time. So I want to play I want to play this soundbite from Ted Cruz on the Senate floor <clears throat> yesterday. Yesterday, talking, um, well, talking about the way the Democrats and the media, in particular the New York Times, has handled this particular uh, political response to coronavirus. Every single Democrat in this body voted to block consideration of this bill. Now, for those of you at home who are not poring over a Senate procedural matter, what does it mean to vote to block consideration? It doesn't mean they voted against the bill. It means they voted against even starting to take it up. The New York Times headline moments afterwards said, Democrats block $1.7 trillion stimulus bill. Of course, that headline had the fault of being accurate. And so within minutes, the New York Times changed it. To Democrats block $1.7 trillion stimulus bill, citing worker concerns. That was headline number two. But then apparently the partisan leanings in the New York Times were too strong for that. And so they revised it a third time to say partisan division halts discussion of the bill. No, it wasn't partisan division. It was one party, the Democratic Party, saying to this chamber and the American people, hell no. We won't even take this up and discuss it. At a time of crisis, at a time when people are dying, that's wrong. That's shameful. Okay, so that's Senator Ted Cruz's description, explanation of what's happening in the Senate and how it's being covered by the media. And by the way, he's he's pointing out something that's very, I um, guess I would say, important to understand, as, as many of you well do. I, under, I know that. But the, what makes... 
What makes a lot of this nonsense possible in Washington, D.C. is the way that the media covers or inaccurately uh, describes, always benefiting the radical left, by the way, the way that they describe what's happening in the Senate, the way they discuss, describe an actual uh, political issue, the terminology that's used. I read a headline the other day, and I had to read it like, I don't know, five or six times to even understand what the headline was because they wanted to put in the title anti-abortion rights activists. I had to pause and really think through and think through what they were even saying. There were so many double negatives, so many different uh, ways of making sure that they insert their preferred keywords, catchphrases, and so forth of the day in there. And that's what they do, and that's what makes this possible. But at the end of the day here, folks, what we're dealing with is a Senate and a House of Representatives. Uh, uh, Cruz is specifically addressing the Senate. But the Senate has refused to, on two occasions now, to move forward with legislation because um, of, of details that candidly did not need to be included at this point. And now we've got the House out there crafting their own legislation, wanting to resurrect things like Obama phones. That's right, Obama phones. Um, and other other things, bailouts, forgiving debt to student loan and so forth. Just scratching the surface on what they really want to do. I think that there's two things going on here. Well, one of two possibilities. Number one, the Democrats think that they can politically harm President Trump by delaying this. That's a possibility. Number two, and they think that he can be the one to get the blame. They think that somehow, with the help of the media or just the incessant hatred of Trump in general, they can pin this to him. That's one possibility. The other is is that they've been effectively hijacked by the radical left, their party. And they've got to be able to go to them in good conscience in November, especially, look, we've got a presidential election out there that's percolating in the background that we don't even talk about anymore because of this. And they're going to have to go, the party's going to have to go and make the case for Joe Biden because he's going to be the nominee. And they're going to have to go to the radical left and try to woo them because the radical left socialists, I mean the socialist types, the Bernie Sanders types, they're going to have to have some grounds by which, some sort of justification where they can ask for these votes in a, with a straight face. And I think if they if they put some of these socialist fantasies in legislation, they can at least go back, even if it doesn't get into the final piece of legislation, they can go back and say, "Look, we tried, we tried, it didn't work out, but we're here, we're for the you know down for the cause." Anyway, going to take a break here. Out of time. Listening to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So this is what we've got to deal with here with the Democrat Party, with the way that they're making this about politics, about issues, about about heck the 2020 campaign. This is, in my estimation, reprehensible, inexcusable, and we need to make people aware of this. 
Because the truth is they're not going to be made aware of this in the general in the general media. The media will protect and defend and stand beside and all this other stuff. The radical left, the agenda of the radical left, they will protect that at all costs. They will protect that at absolutely all costs. You know, I want to say really quickly, I mentioned this at the end of the program yesterday, and there's been audio issues. I think our music drowned me out, but we have uh, one of our advertisers, Proforma Irvine Group, has disposable surgical and medical masks, N95 and K95 masks. Um, They've got isolation gowns, protective goggles, and we're going to post that to our Facebook page. So got to go. See you soon.